Morning. Morning, sir. How's it going? Good. Did you get to play any games since the last time? <laughs> <laughs> so many, man. You wouldn't believe it. It's been it's been way better than usual. Uh, no, and I imagine it's the same for you. Yeah, no, I haven't gotten to touch a single game. Man. What All that time I done we had. Week, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm curious. Uh, we, at one point, decided to work on an indie game together. And you're and, curious. And for me, that led in one direction, and for you, that led in a different direction. And uh, I guess I'm kind of curious... How, uh, what were your ambitions and, uh, how'd you get into the game industry or get out of the game industry or, and whatnot? Yeah. So, uh, I know we'd been looking to talk about this. Um, I was thinking when we did talk about it, it might be a, a topic that, uh, uh, you run away with <laughs> <laughs> since you've, uh, you've made it, man. Yeah. Um, but, uh, for dream. me, yeah, you're living the dream. Um, for me, obviously it's a little bit more, uh, complex a story maybe but yeah um, I, was, I was just kind of curious because particularly with the the last uh, talk that we did in the last uh, podcast um th- we were kind of mentioning uh, the the old uh, video game manuals and whatnot and i was curious uh, how much of an influence that had in, in wanting to get you into video games and well if i do go way back that's very interesting because <laughs> um I will say probably very much. Uh, I, I Last time I was in my parents' house actually visiting, um, I was just digging through some of my old stuff, and I found a binder, which I very much remember. It's like this thick, I don't even know, like six-inch binder. I don't know what it was meant to be for, like like work reference materials or something. But anyway, I used to make paper games. And uh, right. if you remember last episode, I kind of mentioned like I'd make like the manual for the game or something, but not... Yeah. Like, there's no game to go with it, but I'd make those. And the binder is just chock full of that. And it's, like, nice. those things. As well as, I also used to, like, make card games up. Um, I remember, uh, uh, do you remember Disney like, Adventures? No. <laughs> okay, it was this, it's not important. It was just, like, Disney put it out, but it was just, like, a, a magazine for teens, man. Ooh, <laughs> but um, they, uh, they had a special on Magic the Gathering when it had right. just come out. Yeah. And I read about it. And thought it must be the best game ever. Like, I never actually played it or had any idea how to play it or whatever. But it was, like, about this new game, Magic the Gathering. And it had pictures of the cards. And, like, I, I could see the card and I could see all the symbols on it. So, yeah, I, I don't know if you've played the card game. But, like, yeah, it would ha- I actually yeah. have a... My my older brother gave me a couple decks for Christmas cool. one year. And I played it once with him and then never again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I, I think... As, like, from a, a design point of view, it's... A, I think it's a really cool concept. Um, I'm not... I'm not into it, like I'm not collecting yeah. it or anything, but um, it's like I could see like the symbols, like it takes this much mana to cast this spell and this much and this much. So I just decided, since that was so awesome, I'd just make the game. Yeah. <laughs> so I like took a normal like 52 uh, card, you know, deck of cards and I made like, I, I said like, okay, the hearts are, are creatures and the, the diamonds are spells and the 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 um, clubs are weapons and like kind of made that out like made my own and imagine they looked like as cool as magic cards I just made my own <laughs> rules i yeah. did that a lot i made these kind of like i made like a, a weird boxing game it was a card game and like it, when you knock the guy down you have to like flip cards and if if you flip a face card he gets up otherwise it's like you know one two three and just like you'd count the cards and if you get 10 non-face cards they didn't get up which is not really like 
quickly. But anyway, um, I used to make that kind of weird game all the time. And I also made these paper games, I guess. It was like, it was like, I was always fascinated by maps. Like, if you're playing a game, you're playing Metroid or something, and you draw the map out as you play. Like, once you've yeah. beaten the game, I'd always keep the maps. So Yeah, when I, I, I remember particularly Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm. Uh, there's, like, this hidden dungeon towards the end of the game, and, and yeah. it's all, like, pitch black. And I drew maps of every level in that dungeon and where you could find the items. Right. Cool. Well, I used to, like... It's easy to just scribble out a map or get graph paper and say, okay, I went yeah. this way, I went that way. But I'd intentionally draw the map as if I was, like, I don't know, making this map for a magazine or something. Like, I wanted to keep it right. when I was done. And that wasn't always possible because, of course, like, you'd go way down this tunnel and you'd travel right for some however long. And yeah. when you actually draw, you don't know how long it is. And then yeah. when you, like, if, if the path circles around on itself, your map doesn't <laughs> look like it should because it circles around in the wrong place. So yeah. that would always suck. But I'd try my best anyway. So when making these paper games, I'd, I'd actually kind of, like, make game maps and then make up weird rules. Like, you'd have to, like, take your... your uh, pen tip and, and draw around without accidentally bumping into anything and if you could do that you could beat the game just a weird stuff like that it yeah. was like the extent of what I could do without actually sitting in front of a computer and programming anything I guess and all of that came from again game manuals and playing games and just being being so into the idea of doing it and I don't know it's like growing up I don't know if it was not to lay blame or anything, but kind of parental influence or like just this, this idea that like, well, I'm so good at math. That's my thing. I have to do a mathy thing. Yeah. I never really went the art path and I never really went even like the game path. Like I, I kind of went the computer path. Yeah. Um, I was, as you were telling that story, I was kind of thinking about how that's interesting because like right from the very beginning, it sounds like you and I kind of deviated in our approach. Well, when I was a kid, I used to draw constantly and I used to love like the, like more of a a design. Like the technical part didn't interest me yeah. at all. And yet at school it was like I don't know, I was kind of the math guy or whatever. So, I think probably like talking to counselors and talking to my parents, it was like, well, that's you should take that and run with it. Yeah. And I don't know why I never looped that back into games at the time. And it was funny because I, I still, like, I learned, my the first programming I did was in QBasic on, uh, I don't know, whatever it was, Windows 3.1. And you could make these super simple games. And I loved it. But I never put two and two together as a younger person that, like, I could make a career of that yeah. at the time. It was like, well, if you're going to do computer stuff, you know, you should, I don't know, design computers or make, like, electronics or something. And if you're yeah. going to do game stuff, well, what what's that mean? Like, drawing enemies or designing stuff? Well, you're good at math, so let's do the computer thing. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, I don't, I don't, it's weird. Like, I'm not going to say I regret that, but I, I do often wonder if, if I'd made that connection earlier on, what it would have been like. Because I'm, I'm certain I would have gone for it. I'm totally certain I would have gone for it. And a lot of, like, bringing it back to the present for me, um, a lot of what is probably still keeping me out of the game industry is all of those adult things, right? Like, I mean, I yeah. do have a family now, the game industry. I mean, software in the game industry, programming jobs in the game industry do generally pay less than, like, you know, the big corporate Facebook, Microsoft-type work. Mm. And the hours are famous for being higher and so on. Yeah. And that's not, it's not like, oh, I'm scared of that, I'm not going to get in. But I think... Having been on the other side for so long, like I, 
I do still have that ambition to it's, cross it's over. De- it's definitely hard to give yourself more stress for less money. It is, especially <laughs> like I, I found budgeting, it's not just like, oh, I'll reduce my paycheck by 10%, so we'll have 10% less money. It's it's almost like the way I think of it, it's like, I know, of course, I could reduce my bills and so on and so forth, but like yeah. we, we're pretty frugal now, I think, for the most part, like As compared to a lot of people. you were when you lived in Surrey? Uh, <laughs> not quite, but part of that's like, well, I mean, we just had a, a child and it's like, yeah. oh, let's spend money on our child. She needs the best. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, part of that is, I mean, some of it's not with fully within my control, of course, too. But um, I, I would say like the way I think of it, it's like, okay, you pay this much for your living expenses. You pay this much for food and this much for whatever, whatever. Yeah. And all, everything on the top is, is your kind of, I guess, uh, disposable Thinking income it. right yeah so for me the way i think is like if i was to reduce my salary just like tomorrow i, I took a job somewhere and and it was a, a 20k cut or something it's like that just comes right out of the disposable income yeah and maybe that's okay that's like i can i feel like that's okay it's just my disposable income we have a quite aggressive um savings plan right now yeah. so what would actually happen is disposable income would evaporate and then and then the savings would get cut into. And that's where I'm starting to be like, mm, that's harder for me. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's kind of the present where I'm at, uh, I guess. But um, yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, I This isn't like you hear people who are in the game industry talk about their jobs. And uh, I will let you talk, but I'm sure you could say <laughs> yeah, a lot of these yeah. things. But, <laughs> but like people are, always have such a passion and you can just see like, some people, you just know they're like maybe putting in maybe longer hours or sometimes they are. And that's that's great. They love it. Um, and what I've tried it, to do... It doesn't necessarily succeed for them when they do that either. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm aware of that. Totally. <laughs> I, I'm just... I'm looking at it with, with a focus on the negative just yeah. to drive my point home, of course. Um, but like, I guess my approach I've taken is to to take that part of me that really wants to make games and wants to work on things and wants to be there and for now anyway use like make it a hobby yeah. so i mean i'm just working on projects on the side and I'm, I'm talking with people and I'm, I'm doing that stuff a lot but uh it's weird to talk to people who are in the game industry because that's all they do and mm. that's their job so i mean you know if if the if one of those people is stuck at work for a few hours. They're going to have to call their family and say, I'm, I'm stuck at work. I, I have to do this. And they do it. And the end result, maybe they get less time with their family. And, yeah. or, but, but they get the job done. Whereas when you make it a hobby project, I, if my kid is screaming, I can't really say, you know, sorry, um, <laughs> I have to do this just, right just now. Just keep screaming. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. It's just, it is a hobby. And yeah. I mean, it's easier when you're a younger person and have less commitments to say, well, it's a hobby. I'm just going to shut down everything else for the night and focus on this for 10 hours yeah. when you're not all with commitments it's it's harder so i mean it's a constant uh uh i guess fight i have where i'm trying to put this time in to this thing yeah. that's currently a hobby that i do consider a passion that i would love to to move more into uh career-wise as well mm. um but for me right now yeah it's it's that balance is certainly not at an ideal place um, so I guess kind of to cap off my, my story, uh, or the, the gist of it future wise, I'm still very, uh, open to it. Um, I think if certainly if, um, things were different, if money wasn't an issue, uh, that would make it a lot easier. Um, yeah. if, you know, if our 
daughter was a little older now maybe and and I didn't need to be uh home to help so much that might change things um yeah yeah I'm not trying to make I know I keep going back to the hours the hours I think part of that no, is I mean, like that's that's a that's a huge part of it though right well part of it like I've talked to my wife and she's like I'm sure she would say, if that's what you want to do, go for it. But you can just see in her eyes. It's yeah, like, I mean, uh, you know, so. I mean, that's that's the thing. And, and for me, it's it's largely the, the exact same way. Like, I used to work in film, and, and we worked stupid hours there. And uh, I mentioned uh, in one of the past podcasts about how we lived apart for a little while. and We being we, you and your wife. Yeah. Yeah, not you and I. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We've lived apart a long time. <laughs> um, but it's, it's you know, that's a large part of it is uh, particularly when you're young and ambitious, you're willing to just kind of put everything into something and yep. not necessarily realize how much of a dent that's putting into the, the social life or, or the family life or just, you know, in general life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I... I feel that now, particularly that I've got a kid, it's really hard to sacrifice spare time. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I, mean, I guess... In when you say sacrifice full-time, you mean... Oh, sorry, sacrifice free time, you mean sacrifice it to... To a job. Yeah, like, I see. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. No, no matter how much money you get compensated with for overtime... Uh, you know, in the in the case of being a full time salary employee, you're probably not getting any extras. Yeah. Uh, but no matter how much they compensated, we, even if it was double time or triple time and stuff, it's you have to stand back at one point and realize I'm trading away my life for this mm-hmm. job, and every moment that I'm working is a moment that I'm not in my kid's life. Yep. And I'm not in my wife's life or spouse, if you're not necessarily me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and your kid will only be one once. They'll only be two once, right? Yeah. Which so, is an approach I've taken to. I sometimes think, yeah. oh, I can make I can make games when I'm 50 and I'm chilling yeah. out. And it doesn't work so easily, I know. But yeah. it's, you know, you start making these rationalizations when, when real life is there in front of you. And that's where you want to be, right? Yeah. So I th- I think when it comes to a lot of indie people like there's a l- when we were trying to do stuff here there was we were getting advice from people it's like you just got to quit your job and put everything into it and everyone's like 21 year olds yeah. like living in one bedroom apartments with 10 other people yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're like this advice is uh highly contextual yeah it is and yeah you know it to an ex- it it makes sense to an extent like especially if you're a 21 year old student and I don't know, you've got loans coming from your family or something to, to help support you and you've got mm-hmm. 10 roommates, but then there is definitely the side to it that at some point you don't necessarily want to share space with other people and you want to spend time with family and it's not always practical to do that. Like You need to yeah. balance the, I guess, the safety of having a a full-time job and and being able to guarantee that you're putting money into savings for retirement or you're gambling it on uh, a hit-or-miss ultra success. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's totally it. Um, I found it, like, when we were talking to a lot of people and and kind of networking and meeting people and going to the meetups and stuff, it was very telling to me that, um, and 
part of me says, well, of course this is how it is, but like everyone was either, they fit into exactly those groups, right? They were either really young, they kind of had nothing to lose, or they had like the supportive working spouse and they were kind of free to do their thing. Yeah. Um, or they had been doing this before they, I guess, moved into the life phase we're in with kids and so forth. And, you know, now they're at the stage where they're having children and, and married and so forth, but they'd already kind of hit it big early on. Yeah. And I, I just didn't see a lot of people who were like, yeah, I have a family, but I'm, I'm all in, whatever. And it's just yeah. like anything. It's just like if you went to like a startup uh, camp, I'm sure it's the same thing, right? It's not like you have like, it's not going to be filled with 30-year-old parents who are like, yeah, I hope this works or we're screwed, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it still, I mean, kind of set the perspective for me. Yeah. So I I, f- I feel like there's going to be a lot of these people who look at me as exactly that's what I was going to say that that's why your story I think is interesting because you entered the game industry when you were what thirty thirty one I mean yeah comparatively probably very late I would guess yeah so I mean uh, I, I'm I'm almost wondering now if I should just take it back to when I was a kid to tell my go for it story man take well. it away. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, for me, uh, it sounded like we kind of started off on with the same ideas in mind, and then took them in slightly different directions. Like I was the same way, where I was playing like Super Mario Three and stuff, and I would be drawing out levels, uh, and not levels that were in the game, but my own levels. Yeah. And part of that was I was trying to convince people that I was so far into the game already that these were the <laughs> levels that I'd gotten to. <laughs> That's awesome, actually. <laughs> there, was, there was, like, this thing when I was growing up where, like, a lot of us just lied to each other about how amazing <laughs> we were. And I remember there was this one guy who would l- lie about how his uncle worked at Nintendo, and they they... Uh, he would tell me about all these secret things that were in Mortal Kombat and stuff. and, and That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, he lived, he's like, yeah, there's this character named Ermac, and you can totally get him in Mortal Kombat too. <laughs> it's like... My uncle told me, right? Yeah, when you're young, and your only source of information is Stupid. GamePro Magazine or GamePro <laughs> TV... <laughs> Or your friend whose uncle works at the company. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we would totally just be lying each to each other to to do one-upsmanship, and so yeah, I would draw levels, and that eventually turned into stuff like uh, where I found out about uh, Super Mario sixty four, and so I was like, okay, well, I should start designing Super Mario sixty four too. And so I did drawings of, like, all the characters and stuff that should be in that, and I would draw, like, the Magikoopa from uh, Super Mario World, but I would draw him as though he were made out of polygons. Okay, awesome. (laughs) Were you you ever tempted to, like, send these to Nintendo? Oh, yeah, that was was totally my plan. Everyone had that, I think. Yeah, I was going to design the whole game, and then I'd send it, and then they would hire me to be in charge of it. (laughs) <laughs> Kids are as awesome. as you do with the twelve year old. <laughs> yes, <laughs> with brilliant game design ideas. Yep. Um, so yeah, that was that was basically my start. And then I, I think I mentioned last time or a couple sessions ago about how I would draw like all the Mega Man bosses and stuff for for game. What was it? Nintendo Power, or whatever. I would try yeah, to invent yeah. all the. Evil robot masters. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, for me, early on, like I got very much into drawing uh, and, and trying to do concept art, I guess. And it never occurred to me to, to try to do anything as far as mechanics goes. Like I never designed card games, like you were saying, or paper games mm. or anything. Like it was all about the artwork for me. Interesting. Uh, That's very interesting. As a slight, slight digression, when we were working on the... I think that kind of... You could see that when we were working on the game because yeah. I was all about mechanics and making this thing like like almost like the rules of the game and you were yeah. very focused on the art side and so on, yeah. Which, uh, you know, if you're going to have a partnership, I think that's kind of the way to do it is to get it, yeah. two people that can collaborate but also yeah. focus on different things. Absolutely. Um, so, I, you know, I think... I think uh, there was some success in that, even though both of us were working full time and uh, very interested in in uh, maintaining our income <laughs> and stuff. A little on the risk averse side, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree. So, I so agree. I mean, that that is kind of how it led. You know, like growing up in rural Nova Scotia, uh, it never occurred to me that I could actually work in video games. It's like everything so, that I enjoyed came from Japan. Yeah, I remember that. That was so. Nowadays, it's a very different atmosphere. But back then, it was like, oh, I want to make games. I have to go to Japan. That's yeah. it, right? That was at least that was my point of view. Because literally, as you say, like everything I cared about came from Japan in terms of games. Like I know um, the uh, computer game market um, was a lot more American. But yeah. when I was a kid, I was like, oh, those games suck, right? I want to play Mario. I want to make Final Fantasy. I want to make Mega Man, right? Yeah. And even yeah. even back then, like all the all the stuff that I was playing, like Capcom and Konami and Squaresoft and stuff, that was yeah. all like uh, sprite art, pixel art mm-hmm. stuff, and and that was kind of what I identified with. Whereas the American stuff, like from um, Sierra at least, was like vector art. Yeah. And I didn't enjoy that nearly as much. Um, like I I didn't want to be doing stuff on a computer I wanted to be doing stuff on a video game console yeah um, so that that was kind of what it was like for me as a kid and and uh, you know unlike you it didn't even occur to me to that hey I could learn the language and go there <laughs> it was just <laughs> literally well that's Japanese they don't speak English I guess that's that uh, I'm not making video games <laughs> part of what motivated me like the two motivated each other I guess but like deciding to make electronics or deciding to study electronics at school was like I could I could maybe um, build I don't know I, I wanted to build like cell phones or like like that kind of thing I don't know just yeah. consumer electronics and at the time I mean in what what was it 2002 or whatever like you know there's no iPhone there's no anything like all the coolest phones are from Japan so I was like well I guess I'll have to go to Japan so I should really work on this language but then it, it kind of they like learning japanese it was like well now if i'm going to do that what can i do and oh there's these other cool electronic companies maybe i'll work at sony someday Ooh, or like they kind of yeah. motivated each other <laughs> yeah yeah so, so it, it was interesting because like i just i from an early kid i i, I think my parents had like some sort of a little thing that we had to fill out every year that would be like what's your favorite color and how tall are you and what do you want to do when you're an adult and what like I, a like a, a record of you growing up kind of thing? yeah yeah okay and and we would put like our report cards in it was like a big book um 
And so, uh, like, when I was super early on, my ambitions were, like, I want to be an astronaut, I want to be a deep-sea diver, I want to be a video game designer. Uh, and then, uh, eventually, I cut, I just kind of gave up on video games, and when I was in high school, I was like, okay, well, I can't make video games, but, you know, there are some animation companies here in Nova Scotia, and... I, animation's totally a thing in North America, so let's do that instead. Um, and interesting. So, so Very I interesting. Yeah, so I started getting into animation, and in high school, like, nobody really knew anything about computer animation and stuff, so they're all like, well, if you want to do animation, you need to take calculus, and you need to take C++, and <laughs> so I took those <laughs> classes in high school. And then went to art school and never used any of that <laughs> ever again. But that actually ended up working out to a degree because uh, I eventually figured out I didn't want to do character art. I wanted to do visual effects. And that is a, a very technical art. Right? It is a very technical art. And it's, it's, I find it to be really fun because it's it's a combination of abstract art and technical stuff as well so I have over the years developed my math skills uh, a little bit more than I did uh, mm. I don't know it, I really enjoyed that but yeah at some point you and I got back into contact with each other and we were just like hey why aren't we making video games let's <laughs> do that and yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, that's, I think, even just interest-wise, that's kind of where we converge again, I think, is where, like, for me, uh, if I can think of my ideal job or, like, the thing I want to do or the things that interest me in general, it's, like, these very technical arts, kind of. Yeah. Like, I mean, kind of what, y what you do or if, if you pull it back to more of a technical role even, like, I, I think a technical job that supports artists maybe might be cool. Like, if you were on the Photoshop team and you're building kind of the image algorithms or something, yeah. like, that's, that's quite technical, but there's that that interface with creative people and creative things yeah. or like going, maybe looking back at the creative side, uh, like say architecture, if you were an architect, there's kind of like you're being creative, but there's that technical element you just need to understand. Um, those are the things that I find just fascinating. So, yeah. um, I mean, games are kind of in that spot, right? Like even yeah. if you're, even if you're the programmer, like especially if it is your own project, you're designing everything and there's like, it's, it's a creative effort that just has that technical foundation, I guess. And that's a yeah. fascinating thing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I totally appreciate that side of it. Like that for me is at least half of the fun is, is mm. developing a system for doing things. Like if yeah. I want to do splashes, coming up with one pretty splash isn't, that fun <laughs> it's coming up with a system that can like an algorithm for making splashes yeah for making splashes and you know you can drop any object in the water and it'll create an appropriate splash that looks nice and, yeah and that's awesome. the fun part for me and then i have no problem whatsoever handing that tool off to someone else so that they can make the splashes yeah <laughs> um and so i mean that's kind of why i got into effects instead of the character art is like uh and, and, you know, maybe if you're doing the concept art, it's the same thing where you design the character and then the other people are the ones that get to animate it. And, like, you did the fun creative part, but you don't have to do all the, the laborious grunt work of just, you know, drawing the arm moving slightly different yeah. spot every frame. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, it's kind of, I don't know, 
there's a lot of analogs there in in software like i yeah. think the design part is fun and then you have a bunch of grunt work just implementing what you already have envisioned but then if you do that well um you, you want to uh reduce the amount of of like um oh it's too early mine is not working uh you know <laughs> what am i looking for you want to have as much reuse of your own work as yeah. you can and you want to i mean an approach i like to take is to have kind of maybe not necessarily procedurally generated stuff but like like you say like an algorithm for making yeah. parts of the game out so you're not just kind of grunt working the whole thing work smart um, not hard yeah yeah that one yeah <laughs> something like that whatever <laughs> but yeah. um yeah uh the approach is there's certainly analogs i would say cool but um, but yeah so it was interesting because i was working on film and then uh we decided to work on the indie game and that was satisfying um if if not financially viable because mm. we weren't really striving to make it financially viable at the time um so yeah i, I c- coming back full circle i guess to to current day like i used the indie stuff as a stepping stone to get into triple a production and i feel like for a lot of indie game people there's there's this philosophy of like you just goes the other way yeah, like you just gotta, and maybe it'll go the other way for me too. But I, I, I feel like a lot of these people that we were saying that are like twenty one and fresh out of school or whatever, mm. they just want to do their stuff and they don't necessarily care if it's successful or not right away. And part of the whole philosophy with that is that you've just got to fail fast, mm-hmm. and the the more stuff you generate, the more you learn, and eventually you'll be able to do something good. Yep. And for me, like, that's definitely important. Like, you have to learn from your mistakes and stuff before you can actually polish something that's good. But I felt like it made more sense for me to be doing that in an environment with other people making the games, and I can kickstart that learning by actually working on a AAA thing and having other people, like, tell me the tips and tricks as opposed to just floundering on my own absolutely i i've i have had very much the same experience i mean i i'm impressed like you always hear these stories of even like say mark mark zuckerberg or whatever it's like right out of school they start their companies and now they're billionaires and it's like that's super impressive but i just it depends on the type of person you are maybe but i feel like it's a very legitimate thing to like have this idea to eventually be there and maybe spend a couple years in industry and seeing what it's like and getting experience and learning to work with people and part of it too i think for me anyway like obviously when you join a company you're you know starting from the bottom and so yeah. you get that perspective of what it's like to be there like if i just yeah. started my own company now i'm hiring people like i might without that perspective i might unintentionally mistreat people or like mm. kind of start treating people as these grunt monkeys when in, instead of like since i have a role at my current company where you know there is a chain of command and i have my my boss who tell who gives me tasks and the way we work together i can tell he really cares about my development stuff and realizing how important that is to me like if i was to start my own company i would of course take that and and put that experience back into how i would manage that company where i might not have that piece if i just did that right out of school and I mean, that's, that's kind of a soft skill thing, but even the technical side, or perhaps especially the technical side, there's just so much learnings you can do. So I can relate to that point very strongly, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, 
I always wonder whether the, you know, if I were to go to the full indie meetup or whatever, if people are going to be like, oh, you're such a sellout. You gave up on your indie love and now you're working for the man. But it's like, I don't know. It, to me, it makes a lot of sense to, to be where I am. And hmm. um, I'm getting a steady paycheck and I'm doing what I love, even if it's not my personal baby. Uh, mm mm-hmm. But th- but then, yeah, there is also that balance that I, I'm trying to strike of making sure that uh, I'm sensible with overtime and stuff so that I can spend time with my family. So right. that definitely puts a, a damper on any sort of uh, personal side projects. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're both in the same spot there. Uh, one question I have, um, mm-hmm. and you kind of touched on it a bit, yep. but... Uh, I know when we were working on the indie game, um, we mm-hmm. were we we kind of were those people you're now talking about, where it's like, yeah, yeah. We, we have to do this and not sell our souls, yeah, right. But I yeah. mean, w- probably we're older and wiser, et cetera, et cetera, blah blah blah. But mm-hmm. I'm just curious, um, how you, I guess, like, I remember you with that attitude, and now obviously you are working at a big game company. Like how you've transitioned into your current attitude, or I guess. Like those things that were so important to you then, like I need to own the product and I want to be making design decisions, how you've, um, I guess, been able to transition into your current role. It was a tough transition for me. With those attitudes, yeah. It It was a tough transition for me because I guess I am a little bit more rebellious and, and indie spirited. Um, and I definitely... I think I had an attitude problem at first mm. where I felt like better than other people. You're hiring me as a contracted employee. I'm here to do whatever you've told me to do and nothing more than that. I'm not mm. going to help you innovate because these are my intellectual properties and I, I can't share these. That's who I am <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. Like to, to, to put it as snotty of a spin on it as I can. Mm. Um, so I feel like I did have a, a little bit of that going on at first and it, and it took me a little while of, of going to meetings and realizing that like everyone is kind of in the same boat where we just want to have something that we're proud of. And I guess what I had in mind of how a AAA company works was different than the reality of how it works. Like <laughs> it's not actually a heartless machine. It's not nearly as much of a heartless machine as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit there still. Yeah. Um, I can imagine. Like, I've never worked at a big game company, but, I mean, people are passionate, especially those people that do have, um, um, you know, a lot of say and a lot of uh, design uh, leeway, I imagine. so. Well, I mean, and I still do want to work on a personal project at, at some point because I, I do tend to have story ideas and stuff, and I want to push those. And you only get a limited say in how that works when you're an artist or a yeah. programmer or whatever, as opposed yeah. to the design lead. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, that's that's another question, if I may interject. What does a personal project mean to you? Like, does that mean you're building the game, or like you and two other people, or like what if you were the head of a team? I, I and would the team be, was fairly big. I would be happy to be in charge of a team because I I recognize that I don't want to do every single aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do have an interest in every single aspect, but you know yeah. if I've rigged one character, I don't necessarily want to rig a hundred characters. 
You rigged one, you rigged them all. Uh, so, so I, I would definitely be happy working with other people, but I, I want to be able to, to push my creative thoughts more than I necessarily get to at this moment. Right. Um, but at least on the last project that I was on, it, it was great because like when you're working on a section of the game, you have a meeting and it's not just all of the effects people in the meeting. It's like one effects person, one audio person, one uh, environment person, like one character animator. It's like one person from every team. Mm -hmm. And we as a team get to collaborate on what needs to be done for the level. Um, so, so you get a larger say than I imagined before I got into the game industry. Right. Um, because I, I literally imagined it as like the director made all the decisions and then everyone else just carries out those decisions, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I wonder um, how much that varies company to company, too. I imagine it does. Um, yeah. And probably the, yeah, it, it's definitely going to vary project to project as well as company yeah. to company. Because, um, you know, the, when, when you, if you're going to work on NHL, whatever year it is, I'm sure there's a lot less creative decisions that get to be made than if you're working on, like, Skyrim, for example. Yeah. Um, Definitely. And, I mean, so, isn't that the case in, say, film, too? Like, I don't know. It depends on the nature of the project or, like, if it's if it's a safe project. or Yeah. May maybe just as a VFX person, you don't get that freedom to make choices? Well, I have no idea. Yeah, in in film, I think there's a lot less creativity allowed by the mm. the average employee because typically what's happened is someone has storyboarded the film or or at least the sequences have all been planned out and and you know exactly the shot numbers and and what's going to happen from sequence to sequence so that everything hooks up. Right. So there tends to be a lot less cre creativity allowed on the individual artists there, in my opinion. Right. Um, but again, that can vary from project to project because, like, a lot of visual effects is like adding stuff in in the background that's not a green screen, <laughs> and and so a lot of the stuff is d supposed to be invisible, and if you can't tell that it's there, then you've done your job right. Right. Um, but then there's obviously going to be other stuff like if you were to look at. Um, I don't know, like Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Like, there's a lot of uh, magically type stuff that happens in the middle of this shot that you know isn't real world based. Mm -hmm. um, so, w obviously, when you get to do stuff that's more abstract like that, the, the, you're going to get more cre creative control over what's done. Like, you might do different iterations on an effect that they look completely cool. different. Um, Cool. Is that so? I mean, does like the individual get that, or is it kind of like I mean, as a team, do you decide oh, what to do? It'll vary. Um, the, you'll generally have a direction that you can take it, but if you have an idea, uh, you can brainstorm that or, or like prototype it or whatever, and you show them side by side, and if they prefer what you went with, then you go with what you went with. Um, cool. But yeah, that that starts to get into difficult territory because a lot of the time, like, there's just not time to yeah. to do your own yeah. thing like that. So, 
But yeah, whereas with, with games, I think there's a lot more discussion up front on, and collaborative discussion on, on inventing ideas on the spot. And, may, and that might also just be a difference between working at a service studio versus working on your own intellectual property. Yeah. Because that's the experience that I had was like we working on gears like that is owned by Microsoft and, and we like that was our product. Yeah. Whereas working on Jack the Giant Slayer, like that was, um, I think, Legendary Pictures or, or someone who was in charge of that. And then we were one of many studios working on it. Right. Um, do you see an analog there, too, in uh, games? I mean, if you're like some development studio and you have this big publisher breathing down your throat, there's probably going to be a lot, I would imagine, a lot less... Uh, uh, chance to be creative than kind of an in-house owned project. Probably. Yeah. Maybe you don't have, well, I certainly don't, but you haven't been there yet, I, I guess. Yeah. 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 Cool. I, mean, well, I, have, I, I haven't worked at a, an outsourcing place, but there are outsourcing places in games too. And yeah, yeah. It, it, we, they are sent more clear instructions of what's expected. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it sounds like you've had a positive experience anyway. Yeah. I'm loving it so far. Uh, awesome. And yeah, I I thought it was going to be a worse experience than it was, and so I am glad that I've gotten into the <laughs> games industry, even though it's not in Japan, which is interesting because <laughs> now I feel like the working conditions in Japan are such a state that I'm very hesitant to ever try working there. Yeah, you should uh, you should read uh, <laughs> the uh, the untold history of Japanese game developers. <laughs> yeah. I'll it might it might finalize that decision honestly yeah. um e- even when i i had ambitions to work in japan i knew it kind of was what it was and I, I i guess i formulated my uh my attitude towards that somewhat almost like i conditioned myself for yeah. it probably Which again quite, is I, easier when you're fresh out of school right exactly it is it is and uh i don't know it was a reality i was ready to face but uh, now that i'm employed at uh, an american company it's i don't know it, the freedom is very nice. It's not just the time, it's the freedom, I think. Like, yeah. Microsoft doesn't really, I mean, you were employed there, I think, as a yeah. as a contractor, remind me. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're quite flexible with just your work-life arrangement and, and kind of what you do on your own time. Like, I think it's not standard in Japan or I think a lot of Asia to do that. Like, if you yeah. work for this company, that's it. You're not doing your own thing. You live by the company rules, you die by the company rules, and you stay there. Yeah. And, you know, it's there's not going to be this opportunity to kind of work on your own projects or to like yeah it's it's pretty standard around. it's pretty standard in filming games that you're not supposed to have side projects so that that Which was actually something yeah. uh, at Microsoft that was a big plus is that they yeah there there wasn't very much care like as long as you're not going to do something that's directly Computing. detrimental to the company <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Well, um, looking forward, uh, what are your plans as far as staying in the game industry or, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know. doing your own project? Or? I don't know. Um, I've had, up to this point, short-term contract after short-term contract, and so I've always been spending time thinking what's coming next right. and, and working towards that. and. And you're currently full time. Yeah, so I'm. So I'm, you could stay I, I, forever I if you wanted the, 
Yeah, I started looking for short-term work and for the first time was unable to find short-term work and only found long-term work. Uh, so I'm now a full-time employee and yeah, there's no there's no set end date. So for How's now, it feel? <laughs> weird. <laughs> Mixed opinions. Yeah, it's 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 weird because I'm I've been you know, for the past decade of my career have been used to it not being full-time. And so mm. all of a sudden getting this thought of, okay, I guess it's time to to just settle in and, and try to figure out what can I do to make my job easier long-term at this one studio as opposed to just get stuff done. Uh I guess yeah. that comes back to like tool building and whatnot, but yeah, it's it's different. So, uh, and I mean, in the where I'm at right now, I'm not uh, supposed to have any competing projects. So, um, any any side term, uh, any side project type stuff that I have right now is purely educational in purpose. Right. So, does your employer own it, or you're simply not allowed to sell it? Um, I would have to go back into my contracts and stuff to yeah. a see what it is and see what I can share. <laughs> but <laughs> but you, I, yeah, I got it. But you're, <coughs> you're not gonna play with that, I assume. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's as far as I know right now, anything that's educational on purpose that I'm not sharing, uh, like for free on an app store or anything, that's that's completely fine because it's you know it's my spare time and. Right. Re- realistically they would never find out about it yeah um, so yeah anything that I'm doing right now is kind of educational in purpose like uh, reading these game design books or I had attempted to read uh, The Hero with a Thousand Faces like yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to do stuff right now that can grow my abilities to do stuff and then I don't know maybe down the road uh, I'll, I'll be able to start developing my own ip or something awesome well best of luck to us or maybe i'll find that uh maybe this full-time gig is all that it's cut up to be and (laughs) i'll just stick with it golden shackles hopefully not hopefully it's uh it's uh a a true love (laughs) we'll see it's i mean it like i said it's still a bit of an adjustment mentally right now uh so uh, I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying it, and I'm sure I'll continue to enjoy it for uh, a, a, a few years. Very awesome. Very awesome. Okay. Well, uh, I'm I myself. Um, I don't have like a solid full time plan, but I'm very open, um, uh, of course, to like jumping into a game industry job. Um, my main concern with myself is it's it's easy to get pigeonholed in tech. Um, yeah. I mean, y- you really, really don't want to do that. I think that looks bad. Um, but I mean, it does happen and I'm, I mean, I, I just feel like if I sent a resume to a game company right now, they'd be like, why is he applying? I mean, look at this. It's, it's like all like firmware jobs and, and supporting hardware and like very different things. So yeah. I don't know if, like, I think your skills transferred quite directly where you were doing visual effects for movies. Well, that works in games too. Come use those tools and apply your knowledge and, and do it here. Right. Um, There's, there are a lot of differences, but yeah, I understand. I'm sure there are, but. People, I, I I just feel like, I guess just speak focusing on my own perspective. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure it would be 
an easy thing to do, which goes back to why also I'm trying to work on this as a hobby. Um, maybe yeah. that will be successful. Who knows? But um, worst case scenario, it's a great experience. And I can, at the very least, go in and say, here's my experience. Here's what I know. And here's here's why I think I can do this job. And I have that piece versus just my pure um, professional experience, which has gone in a very different direction. So. Mm. All right, cool. Well, uh, looking at the time right now, we should yeah. uh, probably get going. Yeah, get to work. Yeah, <laughs> that was a <laughs> good conversation, though. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, um, until next time, man. All right, talk to you later. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>